today's Vet Girl podcast is sponsored by Merck Animal Health, makers of Incurin tablets, Estriol, FDA-approved treatment for female canine urinary incontinence, convenient once-daily dosing. Learn more about Incurin at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. Hi, welcome to today's Vet Girl podcast. Today, we are interviewing Dr. Nissa Ryan, who's a board-certified internal medicine specialist. She's an internal medicine consultant for Merck Animal Health. And today, we're going to be talking about current treatment of spay incontinence. I think we all see this all the time. It's very, very common. Dr. Ryan, first of all, do you mind just defining what urinary incontinence truly is? Oh, sure. I mean, urinary incontinence just represents any time that uh, your patient is experiencing involuntary urination. And the particular incontinence that we're going to talk about today is the fancy word that we now use is primary urethral sphincter mechanism incompetence, or USMI, which I still prefer to call spay incontinence just for ease of conversation. And what makes spay incontinence different than any other form of incontinence is that it typically occurs in a spayed female dog at any point after spay. It can happen relatively quickly. And the owner reports that they only experience incontinence when laying down or resting, meaning if they report any other form of incontinence, meaning if they're walking around in their incontinent or anything like that, then spay incontinence is, is not on the list. So what are the differences between the most common treatments used to manage urethral sphincter mechanism incompetence? So the most common thing that we will use to treat spay incontinence, which I'm going to call it from now on, uh, is medication. There are some uh, surgical procedures that are available, like cultural suspension, uh, hydraulic rings can be placed on it, on the urethra. Um, but I would only consider those type of treatments if you have exhausted all forms of medical management. Do you mind just talking about some of the potential side effects or adverse effects we can see from some of these common medications that are used? Sure, sure, sure. So probably the three big medications uh, that people have used most commonly to treat this disease in dogs are Proin, which is a sympathomimetic agent that works by stimulating alpha adrenergic receptors and increasing urethral tone. And then there's Incurin and DES, or diethylstilbestrol, which are both estrogen compounds, which um, acts by uh, increasing the number of alpha-adrenergic receptors uh, in the urethral smooth, smooth muscles, uh, as well as uh, having a trophic effect on the urogenital tract, vasculature, and collagen. With Proin, since it's a sympathomimetic agent, the quote-unquote side effects that we consider or attribute to Proin would be concerns about the development of hypertension, which makes sense given its mechanism of action. So Proin is a medication we might not think of in an animal that has a disease for which it would be prone for hypertension, like Cushing's disease or renal disease or heart disease. Uh, whereas with the estrogenic compounds, uh, incurin and DES, we worry more about side effects uh, around, surrounding bone marrow suppression, uh, typically aplastic anemia. As far as the two compounds go, incurin is estriol, which is a naturally occurring estrogen, which is known to have a very short receptor interaction time and a very short half-life. Uh, so the likelihood of developing the uh, bone marrow 
uh, effects associated with this medication uh, should be less than one would expect from DES, which is a synthetic, longer-acting uh, estrogen compound. Both, all of the medications can also have some side effects like vomiting and not eating, and uh, but typically uh, those kind of side effects are uh, transient and somewhat dose-dependent. With the estrogens, you can certainly see some estrogenic side effects like swollen vulva, uh, endocrine pattern, uh, hair loss, and those kinds of things, which are also typically can be ameliorated by reducing the dose. Wonderful. Thank you. What do we do, however, if one treatment doesn't work? Certainly. Uh, and that can happen. I mean, both medications work in about 85% of patients or depending on which paper you read about them. But what I would do is if you start the PET on one of the products and find it doesn't work, the first thing I would do is try the other uh, and hope that the PET responds better to the other one. And then if you the PET fails treatment with both of the products, I would consider using them together. What's great about it is that since estrogens increase the number of alpha adrenergic receptors and proin works on alpha adrenergic receptors, one would hope that using the two together would make both work better. And then I would, once the, if you are successful with the therapy with both products, you then would taper each to uh, the lowest, lowest dose that would be efficacious for the pet. Wonderful. And what is the health risk to a dog if urinary incontinence isn't treated? Now, interestingly, the I always used to say that that this disease was one of my least favorites because to the dog, it, the incontinence doesn't really have any particular noxious effects. Uh, but to a family, it can be incredibly noxious because having your 140-pound Newfoundland leak urine on your $6,000 rug or whatever can be is very undesirable. Uh, that said, there are some dogs who, with the leaking, can develop some perivulvar dermatitis uh, and potentially some ascending urinary tract infections. So it's definitely something you, you want to address or treat so the dog won't develop some of these problems. I agree. We don't want it affecting the human-animal bond that they might have from that urinary contact. Exactly. All right. And last question, do male dogs get urethral sphincter mechanism incompetence? They do. They do. Uh, it is much less common in part because the male urethra is significantly longer uh, than the female urethra. Uh, they definitely can develop the problem. The treatment is slightly different in the sense that we wouldn't typically recommend uh, reaching for an estrogen comp compound uh, for the treatment of a male dog. Uh, the first choices would more likely be uh, proin or testosterone, uh, but I have spoken with practitioners who swear uh, that Incurin has successfully managed USMI in male dogs which you'll note, I didn't call it spay incontinence there because that would make no sense. Uh, but there are male dogs who do seem to respond to the estrogens, which again, doesn't make sense. But if you've exhausted other, uh, the proin and the testosterone, it's certainly something to consider using. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This is a really important topic, but not one that we frequently hear about, especially at veterinary conferences. So really appreciate you taking the time to address this. And again, really common that we see almost every single day in general practice. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.